And I know you have an email inbox that is way too full. You've got a to-do list that keeps on growing. You've got a boss or clients who are asking for more. There's just not enough time in the day. But if you want to get all that done, don't just start doing it. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr., and today I'm bringing you a solo episode. We're talking about the secret to success that nobody's talking about and how you can leverage it to get outsized results. Ever since I was wrestling in college, I've been looking for the secret to success. You know, I went to training camps. I went to camps all summer long growing up as a kid. I was talking to all these coaches, finding the best coaches I could. I was going to the Olympic Training Center, all in search for the secret to success. And then I got into coaching. I became an NCAA Division I head coach, and I would go to the National Wrestling Coaches Association convention. I took classes on coaching. I would talk to other coaches, all trying to find the secret to success. And then I got into major gift fundraising, raising millions of dollars. And I would go to the people who were the most successful at it and ask them, like, what are you doing differently? What are the things that you're doing that nobody else is doing? Like, why are you so successful? And then I got into entrepreneurship and I've owned multiple businesses. And again, going to conferences, finding mentors, working with the people who are already doing it, who have already found the level of success that I'm looking for and asking them and picking their brain and trying to find like, what's the secret? What's the secret? Is there one thing? Is there a common theme? And that's what I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to share with you what I've learned through hundreds of interviews on this podcast with world-class performers, through thousands of hours of coaching brain surgeons, professional athletes, and others, through my own experiences as a, an All-American NCAA Division I All-American wrestler, as an NCAA Division I head coach, as an entrepreneur, as a, a fundraiser who's raised millions of dollars, I'm going to share with you what I've learned. And it all boils down to one thing. And nobody's talking about this. Like I've never heard anybody talk about this habit, this secret in any way and in, in, on any platform. And there are a lot of things that you kind of think of right away, right? When I start asking this question, you hear some people say hard work. Hard work is the secret to success, right? Well, sure, that's an ingredient, but there are plenty of hardworking, unsuccessful people. Right? People working multiple jobs or people who have worked really hard at something for a lot of years, but they never found success. You hear people say, well, the secret to success is who you surround yourself with. Sure, again, this is an ingredient, but there are lots of unsuccessful people who are surrounded with very successful people, right? I went to the University of Virginia. It's number one rated public university in the country. And I was on a great program there. And there were, there were national championship sports and programs all around me. And there were just the best of the best in the athletic department and academically at UVA. There are plenty of people who were not successful, right? They worked hard. They surrounded themselves with the right people, still didn't find success. Right? Another thing you hear is, well, the secret to success, you got to have goals, got to set goals. Well, sure. Again, another ingredient. We know this, we've heard this, but that in and of itself doesn't guarantee success. So what is the common thread? I'm going to share exactly what that is in this episode, but also how you can use it. And if you like what you're hearing today, if you like the success through failure podcast, 
leave me a rating and review. That goes a long way in helping to grow this thing. Let me give you one from Ryan Renfrey, who's actually one of my inner circle clients. Ryan said this, he said, Jim is a rock star and always has great information to share on his podcast. If you're looking to get more out of your life, this is the podcast for you. Thank you, Ryan, for the review. I love working with you. This guy's like high energy and awesome to work with like so many of my clients. It's just, we have this really special inner circle group. Love to have you part of that. If you do want to explore that, go to jimharsherjr.com slash apply. But in the meantime, leave a rating and review and you just might hear your name on the podcast as well. Also, if you're listening to this on your smartphone, go ahead and take a screenshot, crop it down a little bit, post it on Twitter, post it on Instagram, post it on LinkedIn or Facebook. Make sure you tag me so I can interact with you. I love to see who's listening, scroll through your bio a little bit, get to know who my listeners are and what they like and what they want to hear. And it really helps me. And I look forward to interacting with you there. So let's get to this. In my quest for finding the secret to success, I realized that I have this golden opportunity to talk to the highest performers in the world through this podcast. Now, I've been blessed to have been surrounded by millionaires and billionaires through my fundraising career. I've been blessed to be surrounded by some of the best coaches in the country, national championship coaches, coaches who have been on World Cup championship teams and national champion athletes that I've been around, Olympic gold medalists who I'm friends with. I've had these opportunities through the years, but I never found that secret to success. And so, yeah, it was about seven years ago when I started the podcast and I realized I had this golden opportunity to talk to these amazing people and that's when I started asking this question. Is there one habit that you do or have done that you would most credit with your success? I asked this question in versions of it over and over. I asked Navy SEALs and New York Times bestselling authors and Olympians and CEOs and astronauts and professional athletes on and on. And I started getting answers like this. Creating space for reflection. So you need to sit down every week and spend some time and think about what worked and what didn't. It's not time to sit down and go, oh, it's time to catch up on reports or catch up on cleaning the house or doing dishes and getting caught up in tasks, getting caught up on tasks. It's a matter of going, what could I have done better? What could I have changed this week that could have moved me farther forward on the, my life's vision? That was Chris Duffin. He's an entrepreneur and he's the founder of multiple businesses in the world of strength and nutrition. He's also a power lifter who holds or has held multiple records, currently holds the records of being the only man to ever squat and deadlift a thousand pounds for reps. Wrap your head around that one for a second. And so he talked about creating space for reflection. He talked about asking yourself questions instead of getting caught up on tasks, right? This is the habit for success. I mean, really? His one habit that he most credited for his success wasn't lifting weights. It wasn't making business deals or getting caught up on work. It was creating space for reflection. Quick interruption. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to learn how you can implement this into your life, just go to jimharshajr.com slash apply to see how you can get a free one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me. That's jimharshajr.com slash apply. Now back to the show. And I asked the same question to 
Tim Ferriss when I interviewed him in episode 247. Tim Ferriss, if you don't know who he is, he's an early stage technology investor and advisor with companies like Uber and Facebook, Shopify, Duolingo, and Alibaba. He is the five-time number one New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, right? Not just that he made the New York Times bestseller list five times, he's been number one five times, including two books you probably heard of. One is The 4-Hour Workweek, and the other one is Tools of Titans. Those are probably his most popular two books. And so here was Tim's response to that same question. One habit that I get into, that, that I engage in, which is a question, really, or a request that I see commonly across a lot of my friends who are very, very high performers, is they consistently ask their smart friends to tear apart their ideas. So for instance, one of my friends, very successful in many domains, many, many domains, as an operator, as a business builder, as an investor, as a husband, and so on. But in the investing world, just because it's it's the easiest one to use with numbers and a scoreboard, he hired someone full-time to help him manage investments. And every time this friend has an investment idea, let's say he wants to buy Amazon, just making it up. I mean, I happen to be an investor in Amazon as a disclosure, but it's, it's, let's just say he picks Amazon. He will ask the person he hired to come up with every reason why he should not buy Amazon. Like, I want you to talk me out of everything that I want to buy. <laughs> and if I want to sell something, I want you to t- try to talk me out of it. So he's actively trying to solicit disconfirming evidence. And trying to truly get to both sides of the story. Yeah. Exactly. And to always look at the opposite side, right? So if, if someone gives you five reasons why you should buy X, then he would ask, okay, well, once you buy it, what are the five reasons you would sell it? And if someone can't answer the second question, it should lead you to question perhaps the, how well thought through the first set of, of recommendations are, right? And so I will oftentimes, whether it's in a personal relationship, let's just say I'm I'm thinking of how to improve my relationship with my girlfriend, or I'm thinking about anything, right? It could be improving my my relationship with my dog or dog training or investing or whatever. If I if I have an idea that I think is a good idea, one of the first things I will do is call one of my friends I think is not necessarily a domain expert, but someone who is really a part a key part of our friendship is that we can speak blunt truth to each other and that is so valuable in a world of kind of glad glad handing and political correctness somebody who can just be like that's a terrible idea and let me tell you six reasons why i will go to them and i will give them the idea and say i i want you to pick that apart like please try to dismantle that and pick it apart like i want to know where that could be wrong i want to know how that could backfire uh, that's another habit, I would say, that has become increasingly, increasingly valuable. Notice that similar to Chris Duffin's response, this wasn't doing. It wasn't returning emails or writing a book or giving a speech. It was asking questions. Now, in Tim's case, this is asking questions of friends, but it could be a mentor or your boss or a colleague or an executive coach. And this is the role that I play in my clients' lives. 
And I want to share now another response, and this time from Tom Flick. He's a former NFL quarterback for the San Diego Chargers, and he's now an internationally renowned speaker and consultant. So this guy's been world-class at two completely different things. Now, here's Tom's response to that same question. Here's a simple little tool that we share with executives, and they seem to enjoy it. We certainly do it here in our office. When you start the day, uh, you come into your office. Do not touch a keystroke. Don't look into the monitor. It's a vortex, and you'll be gone. So stay away from your computer. Instead, grab a notepad or an iPad, sit in your big easy chair, swing away from your uh, computer, turn off your phone, and spot yourself 10 minutes. And here's what I'd like you to do. In the first five of those 10 minutes, ask yourself this question, ponder, pray over this question, create a list of one to three items, one to three opportunities that you'll go after that day that'll help you win the day. These are not tasks and they're not errands. These are big opportunities. What are one or two, three things that you would really focus on today? Here's the deal. Your list can't be over three because psychologists tell us that when it goes over three, we drop in productivity and efficiency about 65%. For some reason, the brain goes to chaos when our lists are beyond three. It doesn't even need to be three. It could be one or two. So the first five minutes are thinking and writing that information down. The second five minutes is create a list of one to three dangers or hazards that would prevent you from winning the day. What are those things that trip you up that prevent you from really achieving those initial, you know, chasing those big opportunities for success? So it's just a real simple tool. It just it focuses your mind. It gets you squared away. And at the end of a month, you should be able to have tacked off or ticked off a, a predominant number, at least 80 percent of your days that you won. And uh, it'll make a difference in your performance and, and how you use your time. After asking this question to dozens of guests, I realized that I wasn't getting the responses that I'd expected. I thought I would be learning about the habits about training from the athletes or habits about writing from the authors or from about marketing from the entrepreneurs. But that's not what happened. I kept getting world-class performers telling me that their secret to success was to slow down and ask questions before they launched into action. And this kept on happening with people like Bonnie St. John. She's a speaker and author, and she's the first African-American ski medalist in Winter Olympic competition. Or Mike Novogratz, the billionaire investor who you might catch on CNBC on any given night being interviewed about global finance. Or Cami Myler, she's a four-time Olympian in the luge. All the responses I was getting were similar. And I realized that there was a theme here, a theme about pausing before taking action. And there were other examples in my life that I started recognizing, right? Like when I was wrestling, the most valuable habit that I did was, for example, setting goals with my coach. Every year I would sit down, set a goal, set my goals for the year, create a plan and execute. I would also revisit that plan throughout the year. Like the, this habit was most responsible for my success. It wasn't the training or the weightlifting or the watching of a film. It was this, this pause in the coaching that I do now with my clients. It's the same thing. It's, they're not returning emails, getting caught up on their to-do list. They're not delivering a presentation when they're working with me. They're hitting the pause button. They're stepping back. You know, you see this in the military, they call it an after action review. This is after a mission is over. They step back and they go, okay, what worked? What didn't work? What went well? What didn't go well? And what would we do differently? 
And, you know, when I worked at the University of Virginia, the university went through a strategic plan, a whole process, this strategic planning process. We stepped back, asked a lot of questions, spent a lot of money, put a lot of time into this so that the university was operating as best as possible. And taking all this into account, I realized that there's a, a concept here that can be boiled down into a term that I created called the productive pause. And the productive pause is this. It's a short period of focused reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind. This is the secret. It's not doing the thing. It's stepping back. And I know you have an email inbox that is way too full. You've got a to-do list that keeps on growing. You've got a boss or clients who are asking for more. There's just not enough time in the day. But if you want to get all that done, don't just start doing it. Hit the pause button first. What do you do with this information, right? This is just information for you right now. So let me tell you exactly how to use this. Like, how does this work day to day? Right? I'm going to give you a short, medium, and long versions of the productive pause. On the shortest end, it might be something as simple as this. How do I win the day? Right? Tom Flick talked about this in our interview. How do you win the day? W-I-N, what's important now? Right? On the short end, you might even have to do a productive pause when you're walking into a meeting. You, know, you can take 30 seconds and say, what's the most important thing that we've got to get out of this meeting today? That one question, if you spend 20 or 30 seconds on that alone, you can save yourself a lot of time and a lot of energy, and maybe even half the meeting can be cut short because you get to the point quicker. This is a productive pause. It's an investment of time. It will give you time back. Another example of a short productive pause daily could be the five-minute journal or something that I've created, my own version of the productive pause journal. We call it the Pathfinder Journal. My coaching program is called Reveal Your Path, and we have a journal now. And to get a copy of this yourself, just email assistant at jimharshajr.com. Again, assistant at jimharshajr.com if you want more information about the Pathfinder Journal. All right, so now I gave you the short, let me give you the medium versions of a productive pause. This might be something like reflecting back on a project that you completed at work. Maybe by doing an after action review, like I talked about the military does, or like what I do with my clients. Once a month, we set micro goals, right? We define the long-term goals, the one year or 18 month goals or two year goals. And then we set on a monthly basis, micro goals, these smaller goals, the things that go from the goals worksheet down to my to-do list or onto my calendar or uh, as a set as a reminder on my phone or a post-it note on my desk, right? These are micro goals. We do this once a month, right? So that's a medium productive pause. You're not doing the thing. You're stepping back so that you can do the thing more efficiently, more effectively, right? And you'll have a lot of clarity around what to say yes to and what to say no to. Because anytime you say yes to one thing, it means you're saying no to something else, right? You can't do two things at the same time. Your time, your energy is finite. So you have to choose how you spend your time and your energy wisely. Because if you don't, then you're gonna be working on a million things, you're gonna go an inch deep and a mile wide, right? You've got to go deep and get the right things done. The high leverage work has to be done, right? So I gave you the short, I gave you the medium versions of the productive pause. Now here's the long-term version. Once a year, reflect on your goals. Once a year, look back on the prior year and look ahead 
to the year coming up. Now, in episode number 329, I talk about this. How do you do this productive pause at the end of the year? What kind of questions do you need to ask yourself looking back? It can, again, be those simple questions of the after action review, like what worked, like what went well, what did not work or what did not go well? What would I do differently? Right, doing that review. Uh, I even like to go scroll through all of my photos from the year. I'll look back at my journal entries, any, you know, my calendar, what kind of trips did I take? Look at all those things that kind of let that year flash before your eyes to do this productive pause looking back and then looking ahead and setting your goals. Again, while you're doing this, and for me, I take a good half a day, at least four hours to do this. My email inbox is getting fuller, my to-do list is growing, things are piling up, right? But this productive pause is helping me get more done. This is a high leverage task. So if you want to learn more about the productive pause and how you can implement it into your life, grab a time on my calendar. Go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply. You're not going to find a whole lot of time there these days. Things are pretty darn busy, but find a time. I can share with you more about this, how you can implement this into your life, how you can use the productive pause to create outsized results for yourself. Good luck. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app if you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.